Hello, everyone, and welcome to Aussie Tech Heads episode 554. Yes, it's another week. Thanks for joining us. It's the 12th of October, 2017. The footy's over, and the cricket is going to start pretty soon, so I can't wait for that. Uh, hopefully, the first test is back in at the Gabba. I'm not sure what's going on this year. Haven't that taken much me. notice. <laughs> Well, he just talking about the cricket before. Now, uh, yes, thanks. I'm Glenn Goodman. I'm your host along with two others this week, and we'll get to them in a minute. As you would have heard at the start of the show, uh, the Aussie Tech Heads web hosting, athwebhosting.com.au, for all your web hosting desires. Yes, SSL certificate, register your domain names, all the good stuff. Uh, fast, secure services. And look, for the past 12 months, it's it's at 100% uptime. So I can, I can show you the stat report if you like. Uh, on tonight's or this week's show, we've got things like Microsoft and iOS and they're going to Edge. Edge is going to iOS. We've got heaps of stories. I'm just counting down there now. We better get into it. Uh, the Aussie Tech Heads Radio, AussieTechRadio.com. Get on the TuneIn Radio app, cross platform, download that app and search for Aussie Tech Radio. You can like us on Facebook and also like us on YouTube at facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads and youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads. Don't forget the Aussie Mac Zone, pumping out quality Mac info podcasts each and every. Monday, I think it is, and uh, and all the other stuff that goes with it. All right, let's get into the guests because it is a pretty big show this week, and we've got a guest all the way. Well, not a guest; he's a, he's a semi-regular, but he's all the way from Perth. He used to be uh, what seventy-eight hours ago from LA, but it's Shane. How you going, Shane? Hey, Glenn. Hey, Jason. How you going? Yeah, good. Thanks. And uh, just on the other side of the country is Warlock Jason. How you going, Jace? G'day. All right. Now, the big news is Shane's been away. I'm feeling a bit overdressed this week after seeing Lil, uh, Will last week. Oh, then the tank top. Yeah. Should I take my shirt off or something? Is that what we're going for? Yes. And, um, uh, Come on, ladies. <laughs> yeah. You know you want it. You know you want it. <laughs> All right. Uh, just watched the video of last week's episode. Good on you, Will. We love you. Uh, yes. Now, Shane, you've been away. You've been overseas. You've, you've seen the, the doyen of podcasting. Tell us all about what you went over for and, and how did it all go. Uh, well, the original um, reason for me going over to America was to go to the um, Microsoft Ignite conference, which mm. was in Orlando. Nice. That went from September 25th to the 29th. I thought, no, I'm not going halfway around the world just to you know, sit in the classroom for a week. Yeah. So I kind of made a bit of a holiday out of it. So on the way over, I went to San Francisco for a few days. Then I was in Orlando for about two weeks, and then on the way back I went to San Fran again. So, on the way, on the first trip to San Fran, I went out to Twit and uh, ran into Padre, uh, Megan, and Jason, and watched a, uh, an episode of TNT being taped. Nice. As it turned out, it was probably the last or one of the last episodes of TNT because the, the show's been Can't. replaced. Oh. Um, yeah, and then on, like I said, on the way back, I went out there again and and saw a um a recording of the tech guy and the screensavers, and yeah. obviously Leo and Jason Snell was the was the guest. Now, how's Leo? Is he like very approachable? I've heard that he is. Yeah, no, he's great. Um, he's it was friendly. funny. Yeah, yeah mm. he was with the um the radio show that kicks off. At 11 o'clock, um, well, technically it's like six minutes past the hour and it was like about four minutes past the hour, four, four minutes past 11 and there was no Leo. He wasn't in the building. He hadn't <laughs> turned up or anything. And he just kind of, he rocked up and sort of, you know, said hello to everybody on the, on the way through. 
and then sat down and everything, and he, he would have made it by like seconds, I reckon. He just he cut it fine. Yeah, well, he's an old he's an old pro, you know. He knows what to do. He knows where his seat is. <laughs> he knows exactly. Just, just like us, right? Professionals. Damn exactly. It. You know. Now that's three of us who've been to America this year, and only two of us who obviously went uh, big fans of Leo and went to see him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't go up to uh, San Francisco, but uh, yeah, look, he's a, he's a little bit further up, isn't he, than San Fran? He's at another yeah. hour or so, hour and a half or so by car, something like that. Uh, depends on which Uber driver you had take. <laughs> right, okay. I um, went on the bus. Uh, Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, well, see, it's a bit different when you have kids. Uh, kids aren't really interested in uh, going to see some guy do a radio show. <laughs> so, um, you know. Hence, none of them watch this show, right? <laughs> That's right. I know um, mine doesn't. The no. other thing that kind of I thought was a bit weird, when I went up on the Friday, that wasn't actually open to the public. I kind of just made a special arrangements, and, and I think I was yeah allowed. Actually, there was me and a couple of other people. But then on the sad day when I went up there, there was a guard at the front door, and um, it was an armed guard. Like he had a you know a gun on his wow. on his side. So mm. I don't know whether they've had issues or or, or what the story is. But um, yeah, it was a it was a, it was a nice guy. But it was yeah, so it was, it was a surprised an armed guard there. Was the Friday the tech guy recording? No, the tech guy and screensavers are both on the sad day. Oh, that okay. was on the my way back um, on on the Friday, on the Thursday and the yeah, Friday, yeah. until they changed the schedule. Most of their shows are um, hosts are remote, so they don't usually have the studio open. Right. But I kind of because I contacted them early enough and spoke to someone that no longer works there. Um, <laughs> they quite said, yeah, no, fine. But on the sad day, there was about one, two, three. There's about four or five people in the audience, and we're all Australian except for one. Oh, wow! Yeah, one right. Bloke. <laughs> yeah, no. The only reason I asked that was uh, uh, my thought process was I thought maybe the tech guy being an actual radio show, maybe they wanted a, a quieter environment. That's the only reason I asked that. Uh, but tell us that now you're in Perth. How do you get to the uh, west coast of America? What's your route from Perth? Uh, I think I. Oh, I took the cheap option i i would have preferred to go from say here to melbourne or sydney and then across right but to save about seven or eight hundred bucks i went via hong kong so i went from perth to hong kong which is about seven hours yeah hung out in hong kong for about six hours then it was 12 hours from hong kong to san fran mm. and then obviously i was there for a few days and then it was um five and a half hours from san fran to orlando Yep, and then yep. obviously the pretty much the same in in the yep. other order in the way. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's 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 interesting. Like when I went, yeah, we just went straight. Luckily, I suppose we're on the east coast of Australia, so it's just a little nice little thirteen hour flight straight over to LA. <laughs> that's not too bad. Yeah, um, yeah all right. So, I wanted to know. Um, I was talking to um, Shane before because I wanted to know if he had the same experience as me when I went to the Twitch Studios. Because I caught the bus, when the bus pulls up, they must know what the timetable is that the bus should be arriving. If they want to see if anyone's hopping off the bus and heading towards the Twitch studios to know if they hold off the show for a couple of minutes till everyone's there. Because mm. when I hopped off the bus, there was a quadcopter flying up above my head. Yeah, right. It's probably about 15, 20 feet up. Yeah. And 
it hovered there for a bit and then it followed me towards the studios and then it just zoomed off. So what my guess was one of the guys there, obviously they're all very techie, is like, oh, we better, there should be a bus coming in soon. There might be people who, want, who are coming to watch the show. Mm. We know that Jason hasn't been ticked off from the tickets that he asked for and it looks like someone's coming here, so we'll just hold on for five minutes till he turns up. I wonder how long they'd wait for you, though. You know, like, if, if that wasn't them, if that wasn't their quadcopter, I wonder how long, because the show would have to start. Like, obviously, they must try and get everyone in so there's no noise while everything's yeah, going maybe on. Yeah, maybe they but... time it, the show screenings to when the buses are arriving or something to mm. make sure everyone gets a chance to arrive. That's pretty uh, well planned, if that's the case. That's yeah. pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty oh, good. that or just someone randomly up near <laughs> Leo there is just flying around quadcopters and buzzed me for something fun to do. Yeah. Yeah, probably... I didn't ask them. I didn't have time. As soon as I got there, they're like, show's about to start. Quick, sign up this thing. Write down your details. Tell us why you're here, where you're from and stuff. Okay, run in through there. Write this. You've got to fill out an agreement that you're not going to sue them and you're not bringing any guns in to shoot anybody. Oh, dear. Uh, like, not really? bring this gun with me. Yeah, oh, have a disclaimer. It's a wild west over there, isn't it? No, Shane didn't do that. He had we nothing. Lost him. <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I did the um, I did the disclaimer stuff. I didn't do yep. it the second time because the first visit was like within a month. But oh, the okay. other thing um, I did, the bought a shirt. Oh, oh that's all right. Now, how yeah, do you? So I've got, now, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to try and frame that or what? Well, I don't know. Um, I'm just going to sell it on eBay. So just just to let everyone know what that was, if you're on the audio, it was a, a white screensavers T-shirt, and everyone looked like New they've signed it. New screensavers. New screensavers. And they had every, you had, who, who signed it? Everyone, everyone that was there. Jason uh, and Padre. Yeah, Jason, Padre, Megan, uh, Leo, um, Paul Thorot, because I ran into Paul Thorot and Mary Jo Foley at the Ignite conference. Right. Oh, nice. Um Ran into Lou Maresca at the Ignite conference, literally. Um, and you're like, oh, I just happened to have this T-shirt here. <laughs> I was carrying around all day in case I ran into someone. <laughs> well, I completely forgot about it when I ran into to Lou because with the conference, I was using a wheelchair to get around because it was so spread out. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I, I literally ran into Lou. Um, <laughs> but he was like, he was wrapped that somebody actually recognised him. That's all he was worried about. Now, yeah, more, but probably more importantly, why the trip you why you went over there was for the Microsoft Ignite. What was that like? What tell us what what is the Ignite all about? Is it? It's, I know it's quite expensive to attend, so it must be for uh, real dedicated <laughs> people, Microsoft heads, hey, stupid but, people. <laughs> but uh, what do you do? I think you had they they shut down uh, Universal for three hours or something for you all to have a little spin round on the roller coasters or something, didn't they? Oh, that was the party towards the end, but the. The bulk of the week is basically you attend sessions. Um, they run from anywhere from like half an hour to about an hour and a half, depending on which session you go to. Hmm. And they talk about um, what Microsoft have planned for the next sort of 12 months or so. And really the, the push was um, the cloud had a major focus. Um, everything was sort of around Office 365, Microsoft 365, um, security have, was a was a big push, but that was all around Azure AD. So, in other words, Active Directory in the cloud. Is that how you um, pronounce that? A- Azure, Azure, Azure. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 I just go uh, with uh, Azure. It's just easier. No, that well, a- they pronounce that Azure. Azure. Um, oh, right. They one of the big things that they kept pushing was Teams, which is basically 
a collaborative thing. It's, it's supposed to be, I mean, it, it hasn't yet, but it's supposed to be replacing Skype for business. And it's just a way of everyone kind of collaborating on projects and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so Skype's pretty much ingrained now in their their models or their products and all this sort of stuff. Like, I keep hearing about Skype this and Skype that. Is that uh, where they think they're gonna they're targeting well, Skype, pushing that out? There's two types of Skype. You got your regular kind of Skype for you, just you know your your non-business the one, and then you got yeah, yeah. I'm trying. There's a there's a proper word I'm trying to think of. Plebs. Um, consumer, consumer version <laughs> yes. of Skype and then business version of Skype. But with the business version one, that's the thing that basically Teams is going to kind of take over and, and kind of integrate with or Skype for Business will integrate with that. Right. And Teams you'll be able to, uh, like I said, message each other, chat with each other, live, uh, do video chatting. It's, it's only... I think they've just opened it up to like guest accounts, so you can then, yeah, collaborate with people outside of the organisation. Yeah. But no, not yet. Yeah, right. I'm just looking through the catalogue of uh, the sessions now, and like, was there like it says here? I don't know. Is this fair income? Is this on the? It says sixteen hundred ninety three sessions. Yeah. So. And I went to every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so there must be. There's obviously ones going on at the same time in different rooms and and all this, yeah. and you just pick which ones you want to go to. But uh, they're broken up into like streams. They've got um, cloud stuff, Azure stuff, um, Office three six five security. Um, there was some stuff on sys internals. Right. There was um, what else? Well, I'll just I'll just uh, read a couple. Point. Yeah, I've got a, I've got some here. I just read a couple out just so you know what sort of things you can get into over there. The the Azure file sync setup configuration management connect to Outlook calendar with Microsoft Graph, migrate legacy public folders to Exchange Server 2016. How interesting! Uh, introduction through ASP.NET Core 1.0, uh, an intro to Window Analytics, managing upgrades, updates, and health across Windows apps and drives. Implement CI/CD pipeline with open source platforms like Git Jenkins and Azure Container Services. Wow, how exciting! <laughs> That's all above my head, I'm afraid. But uh, but how'd you go? Did you did you enjoy the ones that you went to? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if I had my time over again, and I'm, I'm hoping to get to the one next year because it's in the it's in Orlando again, hmm. I would probably either focus more on a particular kind of stream so I'm not running from you know arsehole breakfast because basically it was in the Orange County Convention Centre which is two main buildings um, separated by like a hotel so you had the south building then you had the high hotel and then there's like the north building or west building I think it was um, and if you had something in the west building and then your next session was in the south building there was you didn't have a hope in hell right. in getting there in yeah, okay. so a couple of sessions that I had to kind of miss out on, and then but I replaced them with sessions that were kind of closer to where I was. Would they make them like if you're interested? Would they make them available for download later on? Were they yeah. videoed? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that where you went, that site you just put up there, you can actually uh, download the sessions there. Oh right. Oh well, next time you should just just get a little beach villa, you know, somewhere on the West Australian coast, and pretend you're there. So, <laughs> save, save oh, the networking opportunities because I mean I've got contacts yeah you know, with four or five people now that I've been emailing since I've been back right um, about you know stuff that's happening at work not that I'm 
back at work yet, but you know, yeah, good stuff. Getting them to help me out with things like PowerShell type stuff and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, nice. Now this is this. Uh, we'll get into some stories, and this is probably something that you may have come across while you're over there, Shane. Uh, Microsoft to bring Edge browser to iOS and Android. Uh, the <gasps> Ed- I know, shock horror, <laughs> isn't it? Why? Ed- yeah, I know. They want they want to destroy another two platforms. <laughs> Edge on iOS and Android allows users to sync browsers across PC and mobile, said Joe Belfiore, who is the corporate vice president of Windows and devices. He said that what makes Edge really stand out is the is the ability to continue on your PC, which enables you to immediately open the page you're looking at right on your PC or save it for, uh, save it to work on later. So it's just pretty much copying the OS X, I think, isn't it? With all their handoffs and and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, most of them do that. Although to to be fair, Microsoft products on iOS and Android tend to be a lot better than they are on the desktop. A lot of people <laughs> really love them. Yeah, I, there's a there, there's a few people. Really cool yeah, you're you're right. There's a few people like um, uh, that are getting around with their iPads and all they're using is all the Office suite. You know, and you think, oh yeah, because yep. I think at one stage it was free, wasn't it? The Office suite. On the iPad, been, yeah, hmm. still is. It is, is it still? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Well, there you go. Now, yeah, so that's what's going on with uh, with Microsoft. So that's good, isn't it? So you better Edge. I just, I just don't like Edge. I just don't use it even on the PC. I can't think of any reason why I want to use it. Every time I've used it, it hasn't worked. Um, I think the only reason it pops up on my screen is if I try to when I try and open up a PDF somehow it's attached to Edge and it opens. You in use the... you use Edge to download Firefox and Chrome, right? Yeah, that's right. But I, I like how it's uh, like you install your Windows 10, but and Internet Explorer is still there. You just got to pin it to your taskbar. So Explorer yeah. is still there, but obviously they just want you to want to move away from it. Uh, yeah. So. Um, what uh, what sort of stories did you find, Shane, interesting this week that you want to have a chat about? I will start, since we kind of touched on iOS, I'll do my iOS story. Please. Yeah, okay. All right, so iOS code expert shows devastating potential of simple phone phishing attack. Uh, Apple users are being warned about a potential iPhone phishing attack which could be used to steal their credentials, uh, credit card, and personal details in just seconds. Phishing scam looks like the familiar Apple ID pop-up, oh. um, but it's uh, it's not believed to be such a hang on. It's not believed such a phishing scam is currently in the box. Basically, what's happened is this uh, security researcher has basically worked out how to bring up the the credential ID Apple ID login. Mm. Uh, I've got a picture of it in the actual show notes, the like a legit one versus a, a, a scammy one, and you can't tell the difference. It looks pretty good, um, doesn't it? Yeah, but luckily, according to the story anyway, it's not actually out in the wild yet, and he hasn't released the source code on how to actually make the pop-up just for, for that very reason. Uh, Apple iOS code researcher Felix Krauss, I think it is, has demonstrated just how simple it is to create a fake ID login. Uh, in a blog post this week, he showed how he could easily get users' Apple IDs and passwords just by asking for them because obviously they mm. fell for the fact that it's a fake thing. Well, to be honest, and, I, don't, I don't think I'd blink twice at that. I think I, I think I no. would. You'd go, oh, what's it want now? You think, oh, it's something in the background trying to connect to something or other. You go, okay, whatever. 
Yeah. Yeah. So the story goes on to sort of say, all right, how do you protect yourself? And it says that um, if you're presented with a pop-up that you think is a bit dodge, then if you hit the home button and the app and the dialogue um, quit, then it's more than likely going to be a phishing scam. However, if the dialer box and the app are still visible, um, it's a legitimate system prompt. So the reason why that's the case is because the system dialogue is run on a different process and is not part of the iOS app. Right. So yes. yeah, that's how you would tell the difference. Yeah, that's pretty dodgy, isn't it? I think uh, I think Michael from the the uh, the Mac Zone he was going on about something. There's AFP scams going on again around the place so yeah you just got to uh be be careful i think i think doesn't isn't there a scamwatch.com.au or something like that um i'll see if i can find it and tell you what it is it just lists all the scams that are currently going around hmm nasty scamwatch.gov.au is that what it is thanks jace yep. good uh what did you find interesting this week well speaking of exploits i'll just quickly mention this i hadn't looked it up but we talked about it at work um you can do exploits through CSV files, would you believe oh. it? You know, CSV files where you export your Excel spreadsheet and it's just all text? Yes. Yeah. How can you infect a text file? Well, it turns out that if you insert a, a line in there, they have a, uh, you can, it'll execute functions, even though you have macros disabled and everything, it'll execute uh, Microsoft Excel and also Google um, spreadsheets will execute functions that are printed in the um, in the CSV file. Hmm. And there's a function you can use, import URL. Ah. So if you have a website that's got dodgy content on it, yeah. you get into somebody's CSV file and you put in there import URL and then the URL, it'll import that into the computer and it also... Uh, allows launching of applications under the current logged in users um, level, user level. Yeah. So yeah. if you're an admin, you log in as admin, which you shouldn't do. Obviously, you should always log in as standard user. If mm. you log in as standard user, the the and you go, okay, I'm just going to import this CSV file that the system administrator sent me, which he could have done. It could have been his computer that got infected, but you're just like, it's a text file. There's no way there's going to be any problem. Yeah. As soon as you open the spreadsheet in Excel, it can suck in a virus or spyware or anything, and you wouldn't know because it's being done through a CSV file, which wow. is just plain text, and everyone would think, wow, you know, there's no way that that could be exploited or have any problems, but this guy's done proof of concepts. First, he thought, oh, I wonder what would happen if you used um, open command uh, calculator, <laughs> calc.exe, and he imported the file that pops the Windows calculator application. And he's like, hang on, that's not right. And then he thought, I wonder if you could do other things. So he kept on fiddling around with it and eventually found out you could get it to download malware or viruses or steal people's information or in, even insert incorrect information into spreadsheets. If you knew what particular spreadsheet somebody might say you worked at a company and, you know, mm. Joe, Joe with the... Um, at HR gets a spreadsheet that's got a CSV file sent to him of people's pay, say, oh, give yourself a pay rise. You just get it injected into there, pop, fills it in, and away you go. How good's that? I love it. I love it. Uh, you, wouldn't think, you wouldn't think of something like that, but, um, yeah, it's it's very crazy and sneaky. Yeah, yeah. That's... And uh, 
the 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 specification for csv files says that nothing should be executed and nothing should be interpreted when imported from csv it's only afterwards if you say to do so but um, even some people tried it and a couple of them said some of the commands they tried would pop up and say uh this this spreadsheet is trying to execute the following function do you want to and you know joe user is like oh yeah just click on enable otherwise the spreadsheet's not going to work which is mm. what they how they get infected with macros in there it's like this this application contains macros are you mm. sure you want to do it and if you hit no then your spreadsheet application doesn't work yes so people ignore that and they go yes 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 hurry up just open the damn thing like <laughs> do more work yeah. Damn virus. So is that a fault uh, of the, say, I guess most people would open a CSV, say, I don't know, in Excel, maybe? Um, is that the fault of Excel? Like, yes. Yeah, or the, it's of the program that's importing. So, yeah. That's right, yeah. It's not supposed to execute them until you say, if with a, with a new CSV file, you can execute the thing. But they put in all these cool functions like import URL and all this other stuff because they want it to be cool, hip, happening object OLE application stuff like this and mm. then suddenly boom virus on your computer that nobody thought of nasty well like i think uh, just i've got another little microsoft story here while we're just sticking with the <laughs> microsoft little bit of a theme here for the minute but like this is where i think people once again just start pulling their hair out with things like it's been rumored and and once it's been rumored it's probably likely going to happen but uh it's been rumored that microsoft surface range is going to get the the axe uh, did you did anything like that appear to be true about that rumor, Shane? While you were over there, or you didn't talk too much about surfaces? They didn't talk too much. One of the sessions I went in, they never talked too much about hardware at all. But having said that, they had like an expo on at the same time where they had like vendors and so on and so forth. Right. And they had surfaces for sale there. They're actually people attending the conference like got about a fifteen or twenty percent discount on. The services, um, Dell had computers there as well. But and every, I mean, I was the only one that was really kind of walking around with a bit of a clunk of laptop. Everybody else had like you know lightweight mm. surfaces. Yeah. Well, this uh, this mob... that, that's not likely to happen, is it, Glenn? I mean, Microsoft support their product. <coughs> Zoom. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, groove. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the groove that's dead. Everything's everything's uh. It. But anyway, this 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 mob, Canalys, or I think it's a C A N A L Y S, leading global technology market analyst, uh, they've come out and said that uh, this, that uh, Satya Nadella is a software guy, a cloud guy, meaning the company's tablet and laptop range is likely to go to the same way as its smartphone division, division which all, we all know has gone tadas. Now, I think once you start. Uh, getting rumours pushed around by, you know, these big global leading technology analyst firms and all this sort of stuff, well, it's going to start a bit of a chain reaction, in my opinion. And, and you know, this might... Yeah, whether it's true or not, once the rumour is out there, they go stock. That's right. So, therefore, they go... Maybe to... true, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, the surface range, he said, this is the company, uh, the Canalis, the... Canalis, I can't even pronounce that, but anyway. The surface range, he said, would be the first target in an apparently inevitable cuss-cutting effort to reverse the low-margin hardware trend. So apparently, as the, the rumour goes, Microsoft's getting a bit worried about their hardware because it's uh, low margins and they want to get out of it. Uh, as for the surface, uh, the surface line is likely to meet its end, and they suggested by about 2019 at the latest. 
So, um, well, that's, so that's, I guess that's where Apple has done really well in that they've always bought the highest quality hardware pieces, mm. components put into their devices, and then they can afford to charge a premium because they control everything about it. And you know it's good quality; it's not going to crash. And then people are like, yeah, well, I'll I'll pay for something that's I'm never going to have any problem for. Particularly when you're in a business environment, you know, you don't want the computers crashing or dying all the time. So you're like, well, some some computers get cheap RAM in there and they start rebooting or corrupting files or cheap mm. hard drive or something like this. So you want something good quality. So you buy your iPads, you buy your Apple MacBook Pro. And it's a premium price, sure, but you know that it's going to last and it's going to retain its value is one good thing, but also that because the the high quality of the components, you're not going to have problems. So you try to try to do these razor thin margin things, and eventually either the product's going to suffer, or you're just not going to be able to afford to keep it at the level you need to have a decent price. They should go maybe a bit more mid range, not high end like Apple because they've already captured that. But if Microsoft went somewhere in the middle, you know. Yeah. Don't try and undercut too much. You, the, you, people in businesses write off buying products, so don't worry about the price too much. And if these devices were only for consumers, well, I guess so. But you need to have something in the the business line of pricing to be able to, you know, capture that audience. But like when, but when you say uh, like with the margins and everything, like. Would you, do you think that, like, you know, you look at the price of a service, and I've just looked one up, and, you know, because when, when you actually just pushed it together uh, alongside of the Apple, or, uh, or Apple, yeah, they, they maintain their, say, dominance on hardware because they do charge a premium, but you look at a, a Surface Pro. Now, I've just brought up a Surface Pro 4, one terabyte Intel Core i7 in Australia, three $3,500. So you can't, yeah, you've you know, got the Australian tax in there that <laughs> nearly doubles the price, they forget. But yeah. also, don't forget that um, Apple is doing a lot of their own manufacturing and, right. and getting the best deals because they've got so much clout now that when they're going to have a new product come out, they buy up all of Samsung's available RAM and batteries that they're ever going to make for the next two years and then nobody else can get them because they've got it at a good price. But because they've you know, said we're going to have this deal for the next two years solid for this product that we're making. Yeah. And they could say to Samsung, can you just, you know, lower it a bit, lower it a bit. There we go. That's a mm. good price. Now we can make a decent profit on it. You can still sell it at the price you want to. And that's why, you know, Will mentioned in the previous episode that Samsung's moving their uh, batteries to Tesla's factory in the desert because um, that's that's they just need to be able to make those batteries constantly and they're, they're so popular and all these different products want them. Mm. Yeah, because I, I know, like, it, um, historically, you know, Apple's always been about the hardware and Microsoft always... Well, Apple, uh, well Microsoft hasn't, right? Mm. That's right. These are, these are ver- the few, very few Microsoft hardware products. So they don't say, you know, we've got MacBook Pros, we've got Apple TVs, we've got watches, we've got phones, we've got tablets all these things, and because they've got buying so much of the hardware constantly, all the components, they can keep dealing the price down and down. Microsoft's coming in saying, hey, we'd like to sell some products. They're like, well, you know, here's where the price starts. Can you come down a bit? Well, not really, because you're just starting out in this. You haven't got a proven track record that this is going to keep going, and as we can see, it's failing and going yeah. to disappear quite possibly. So they, the manufacturers took the right bet, whereas with Apple, they know, 
if they say we're going to be doing this for the next two or three years, then they're going to be doing it for the next two or three years, and, and I, they're going to keep that income stream. I think that's like I think Microsoft looking back, like they just they rested on their laurels. I was just brought up the yeah. uh, uh, Steve Barmer's stint at Microsoft, and he it says here that in the Wikipedia that he was promoted to president of Microsoft, a title that he held from 1998 to 2001. Uh, so what you know? So with he was, I don't know what happened after two thousand and one. He was chief executive officer from two thousand to two thousand fourteen. So during that period of time, so you've had the development and release of the iPhone uh, in oh seven. In two thousand eleven, yep. you've had the iPad, and yep. Microsoft is sitting there going, "We love Windows on disk. We love Microsoft Office well, on disk." They're still laughing, you know. When when Microsoft brought out their new phone, I was just reading today that they had a funeral for the iphone (laughs) they're like well this is this spells the end of the iphone everybody loves windows so they're going to go for the microsoft phone aren't they obviously yeah fucked in apple lol (laughs) but even though you know some of you out there might be thinking but hang on didn't bill gates you know come out with a prototype ipad of sorts a tablet and it failed but well it might have failed it just wasn't ready so i think apple right place right time but i think i think it just seems that microsoft is a johnny come lately you know late to the party every time with the with the phones late with the the mp3s or whatever with the, the internet even bill yes, gates basically yes. said i sat back and saw the internet as a fad and jumped on it way too late and then mm. what he do they had to buy the source code of another browser and then relaunch that as internet explorer until they had the, pro- the capacity to get enough programmers in there to make their own one from scratch yeah so um but yeah so i think uh you know with the with the the surface and the hardware i think they've just i think they're on the probably on the right track now they're just they're making heaps of money with their cloud azure services and all this sort of stuff so uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotta stick with that well the report is, it, is it as good as drew Powell and joomla <laughs> oh it's better than drew Powell. <laughs> much better everything's better than drew Powell. <laughs> for sure now i tried it once you know i've i've tried mambo Joomla, WordPress, all these different things. I tried Drupal one time, and after stuffing around with it for a couple of days, I got a fork, stuck it in my eyeball, and popped that out and threw it in the bin because it was <laughs> less pain than dealing with Drupal. I go, I got no idea what this thing is, what you're supposed to do with it. I'm sure lots of people love it because it's so popular and mm. on a lot of services. Well, I think Epanel has got it in there, but I, I couldn't make head or tail of it, and I've used so many different mm. CMSs. I think the well, the most the most famous site that I knew that used Drupal uh, was was Leo. Twit used it for years. Um, yep, yep. So you know, just a content management system, obviously, as you know. Uh, well, you you can install it in three clicks on our web hosting service if you want to give it another shot, Jace. You know. And how much does that cost to install? Free. 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 Oh wow! Yeah, you just got to click about three Cheap clicks. Half the price. That is. Cheap at double the price. Now, uh, Shane, what what you've been looking into? Nasty viruses spread by cyber crooks. I, I, hear. I have. Are you talking about the Pornhub thing? Yeah, give us a Pornhub story. All right. Okay, so people who watch porn, I have led to believe. There are people who uh, do that? Yeah, Shut apparently. <laughs> no. Oh. It's a flawed model. People that are that way inclined are urged to check their computers immediately after millions of online porn viewers were infected by a piece of malware called Covter, K-O-V-T-E-R. Researchers from the tech firm Proofpoint 
said that the visitors to a widely popular website, Pornhub, are being tricked into downloading files that, that then infect their computer. The malware is known as malvertising, attack because it works to spread the dodgy adverts designed to snare their victims. Um, the malware is capable of infecting all three major Windows web browsers, Chrome, Firefox, Edge and Internet Explorer. Mark James, a security specialist at a tech firm called ESET, said that the porn uh, was a great way of spreading dodgy viruses. Um, there's a high success rate with this kind of method due to people being probably less tech savvy and when they do get infected, they don't really come forward to you know, to report it because obviously people are going to go, well, what were you doing on those sorts yes. of websites? Now, well, not that not that this is going to be an advert advert for malware bites, but I think this is where you know you stick malware bites on, you pay for it, and it sits in the background and uh, it it monitors things that come through, even uh, sanitized, shall we say, sites. You know, like you might have gone to uh, you know coles dot com dot au or Google Ads on there, and uh, behind the ad is a dodgy link off to somewhere else nasty. So maybe you know you just have a look at what your antivirus and your, your security software is on your computer. That would that be your you'd back that up, uh, Shane? Yeah, uh, a lot of the problem is is more the human element. The you know, if you're if you go to the safe parts of the the internet and you, know, you don't go to the dodgy websites, you could probably do what at least what I do. I the only thing I use is Windows Defender. I don't use anything like Trend. Um, I used to have malware bytes on, but I don't use that anymore. Um, it's it's more what you do on the internet versus you know mm. necessarily kind of just getting infected. But there's some sites I go to and malware bites will pop up and say, "Hey, don't go there. It's nasty." Uh, but yeah, that's really good. I like it. Uh, now, r- other than something interesting that I'd, I'd read recently is there's basically one guy in one company owns nearly all of the porn websites on the internet. Really? Wow. After he's after he launched his many years ago, he created a company, then started going around buying all the other sites, and then he wanted to make all the money from advertising, which apparently he's done a really good job of, and um, that's why apparently I've so I've heard a lot of the um, site videos are free to watch is because he makes all of this tons and tons of money just through the um, advertising. Yeah. So he doesn't need to charge. And they do have the charge for, you know, extra special stuff and things like that. But a, a great majority of the internet sites are all owned by one guy in one company. Now, other than throwing his hat ring, hat ring, hat ring. <laughs> he's hat in the ring <laughs> for, to be the... That's going to hurt, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, especially right in the middle. Now, other than throwing his hat in the ring, maybe at a, at a throw for the next uh, president of the United States, uh, Mark Zuckerberg is uh, and Facebook has announced announced a new product. Jace, what are the, what are they doing? Oh, the new uh, I Oculus. You first, you were going to be mentioning something else. Um, I, yes, lo- I love turning you off, putting you off track. <laughs> Facebook's fourth Oculus Connect virtual reality developer conference in San Jose, California, on Wednesday. He framed a new device as an important step towards bringing VR to the masses. We want to get a billion people into virtual reality, Zuckerberg said. Facebook VP of VR, Hugo Barra, 
says that the company developed custom lenses for the headset which allow for a wide field of view. The display is fast switch LCD screen with resolution of 2560 by 1400 and comes with integrated headphones. The company will be shipping the first headsets to developers in November. Yeah, so I think, uh, look, that sounds all good, but I just read and I wasn't going to um, grab that story, so thanks, Jace, that you did. But I also read as a bit of a uh, add-on to that that apparently um, Zuckerberg got into a little bit of trouble. He was demoing the, the VR, yes. apparently, <laughs> and, he, and he was VRing through... Uh, Puerto Rico and the hurricane, and apparently people. Yes. D- yeah, got or him. apparently, as Trump says, Puerto Rico. <laughs> I've never heard him say it, but does he? But uh, yeah, so anyway, I got into trouble because apparently that wasn't the, the nicest thing to do to be trying to virtually put yourself into somewhere so much devastation. Yeah. Uh, but so it's a um, $200 Oculus Go standalone VR headset. You guys tried VR headsets much? I think, Glenn, no, you had the cardboard or something. Oh, look, I'm just about to show you something else. Hang on a second. Just talk amongst yourself. I got the uh, Samsung Gear oh. VR. I tried that for a while. This- it was okay for the first month, and I've it's been sitting on the shelf in the lounge room for the last four months well this is still i got the one that came with the um pixel and i haven't even used it once yet yeah (laughs) now it comes as no surprise but this is still this is still in the box but this is something (laughs) this is something no way (laughs) this is something i got when i yeah i'm gonna in 20 years i'm gonna have all this pristine tech you know still in you're gonna be like what's his name on the gizwiz Oh. Now he's got that great big a big warehouse and it's just full of all this old tech that's never been opened. Is that Bartolello or something? Dick, Dirk Dick Bartolo, ba- yeah. Yeah. Yes. Dick Bartolo, yeah. Yeah, uh, but this is look, I picked this up when we were over at NASA and it's the VR headset. There you go. <laughs> Uh, there you go. You just yeah, you throw. I your, remember saying that when I was there. You throw your phone into it, and then you got yep. these free apps that you download, and yeah, away you go. So uh, I'm going to have a look at that one day. When I get around to it, but you you get that from? NASA. Yeah, but whereabouts? At the shop. You know, Which the, shop? At the NASA shop. <laughs> at the front. At NASA. In the shop. There's a there's a shop at the front. Yeah. Yeah, in there. In oh, the in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> all I all I got was a shirt. And a hat. <laughs> oh, well, you didn't get it for free. Had to buy it. It was forty. Bucks. No, no, but I didn't even kind of see any toy type stuff. Yeah, you went in the shop. At yeah, well, there's, there was different shops. <laughs> the there, there's different shops. There's like about three shops in there. Did you go to NASA? He went. He <laughs> went to the hat <laughs> shop. <laughs> Shane went to the hat shop. Glenn went to the VR goggle shop. Yeah, no, there was. The, the, we haven't mentioned that he's also advertising his cool Universal Studios T-shirt. He's all the yeah, US stuff at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, San Francisco jacket. There was, <laughs> there was a there was a Chinese ripoff. Actually, you must have went down there to NASSA. That was pretty much yeah, that's yeah. hundred meters away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, had shop, shop. you had the shop. Um, yeah. You had the main shop. Yeah, outside where... the gates, near the waterfall or the fountain. On the outside of the gates. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's where you I went wrong. I went to that one. No. <laughs> Obviously not. But anyway, no. I'll, let, I'll let you know how it goes, if, yeah. if you're interested. All right, now, where are we? Let's let's start moving through a few more of these. Uh, what have I got next? I've got... Uh, I have to scroll up too far. Here we go. Amazon... Why are you looking? Oh, yeah, yeah. you got it. 
All right, you, I'll, I'll, you go next after this one. Amazon welcomes teens with a new parent-controlled shopping allowance. So launching Wednesday in the US, it lets parents manage and fund online shopping accounts for the teens, or whoever, I guess. When parents create an account tied to payment methods of their choice, they can invite up to four teens users to create unique logins and download the shopping app to their own device. Now, that's good because I actually had a need for something like this, or probably only yesterday, where... Um, uh, the little my little girl she wanted to buy an iPad cover, and the little bloke wanted to buy an iPhone cover, and uh, so anyway, you know they're saying oh, I had to buy it through my eBay, so I had to log in and do all that sort of stuff. It would have been great, yeah, if this was available on eBay, I would have liked it, I would have used it. But there you go. If you're on Amazon, I'm not sure if it's here in Australia yet. It does this particular article doesn't say, even though it comes from oh no, it is from an American space in Australia next year, isn't it? Yes, yeah, that's right. Yes, and that'll be interesting. I hope we get the um, dots. I've just been looking today at um, Wi-Fi light bulbs, and it'd be cool to have a Echo Dot in a couple of rooms and say, "Turn on the lounge room lights." Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Look, all that sort of stuff would be good. I'd like to start getting into some of that home automation. You know, just talk to your phone or to your Google or your Dot. <laughs> I'm just going to go away. Talk to me, Dot. Hang on a second. <laughs> Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh. Yeah, Amazon. That's what's probably coming to a a Amazon store near you. Now, what were you going to say, Jace? Before oh, a couple of things, I was just going to quickly mention um, new technology. Got a PlayStation Pro one terabyte while I was on holidays. Oh, nice. It's pretty cool. Loving it because um, it can play all the movies. It's got the Netflix. We also use it for Crunchy. Well, we mostly use it for Crunchyroll. Got a few games and stuff all from JB Hi-Fi. That was cool. And then um, last weekend, got myself the Fitbit Ionic watch. Oh, there we go. Ionic. What's Ionic mean? Really cool or something? <laughs> Probably. You can see the screen there, just barely. That's a watch face that I've developed. I signed up to their um, developer website so you can create your own watch face. So it's got my current heartbeat in the top left corner. In the top right, it's got how many steps I've done for the day. At the bottom, it's got how many calories I've burned today. And on the bottom left, I'm putting in uh, weather. So it'll have um, how many degrees in Fahrenheit or Celsius, depending on what you've picked in the app. Mm. And also a little picture of like cloud or rain or sunshine and stuff like that. And then it's got like today, Thursday, 12th of October, 2017 in words across the bottom. So quick and easily see that. Yeah, okay. But nice. I have a lot of fun doing that, coming up with the cool ideas. And they haven't launched an app store for it, but there's one coming. So uh, that's why I thought I'd quickly get into the development right now before it gets too popular. And then maybe I'll be able to sell some apps and pay off the watch, which costs $447. Oh, wow. So, yeah, right. so does that use uh, Android Wear or is that going to its own thing? It's got its own operating system. Fitbit recently, well, a few months ago, bought Pebble. Mm. So they got all the IP from Pebble and the developers from there who made the Pebble watches and integrated it into making the Ionic with the Fitbit uh, SDK technology as well. So years, the last couple of years I've been saying, look, if Pebble could get access to the Fitbit mm. SDK so I could synchronize my Pebble steps with my fitness account, that would be fantastic. And then I thought that would be the ultimate watch would be a Pebble watch that's got Fitbit stuff on it. Yeah. Because I had a Pebble watch and I had a Fitbit watch and I didn't want to wear both at the same time and I was switching between them. Every couple of months I'd use one and then switch over to the other and switch back because uh, the Fitbit ones, you had 
three or four watch faces on the surge that came with it and that was it you couldn't change and there were things that i wanted on there that weren't available and then suddenly they're like oh ionic we bought pebble and here's the ionic and i'm like wow this is exactly what i'd been saying on facebook and twitter and bitching for a couple of years and then they went and did it so i was like gotta get it but then i did uh i was on facebook and saw this ad pop up saying uh facebook ads work man (laughs) don't knock them and it said, oh, Harvey Norman has got the Fitbit Ionic. So I thought, oh, I wonder if it's in my store. So I quickly went there and had a look, and sure enough, it was there. So I was heading out for the day with my daughter, so he popped in at Harvey Norman on the way there. Yeah, nice. We're just watching a little video here of it. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it's got a touch screen and three buttons. You can put um, you can put your music from iTunes or um, Windows Media Player. If you make a playlist, you can uh, copy that onto the watch. It's also um, can stream Pandora, which is unfortunate in Australia because Pandora is just shut down. But they've been trying to get um, Spotify on there, but it's difficult to get a deal with these guys. They said, but um, yeah, you could take the you could leave your um, phone at home, go for a jog because it's got GPS and everything, so it measures all the stuff. And then when you come back, it'll just sync it all up. And it's also got Fit Pay, as you saw there, where you can pay it. Uh, mm. Using your credit card details like the Apple Watch, you just yes. put it up to the scanner and scan it in when you want to pay for something. Now, I think it's only Commonwealth Bank, NAB, and ANZ that supported so far, but they've got to roll out deals with all the banks because they're using FitPay technology after they bought a, a coin company, I think it was, a year ago and integrated their IP into it. So, um, it's not Android Pay, it's not Apple Pay, it's Fit Pay, Fit and pay. so they all have to do the same deals that Android and Apple mm. and Samsung, who's now doing the Samsung Pay, and then LG's doing LG Pay. I just wish they'd do like an, an just, Apple Pay and an Android Pay, and everybody use those technologies and everything yeah. instead of having yeah. to... Do you, do you think that the, the Fitbit is the, this Ionic or whatever, the, it's a rival, say, to the Apple Watch, or do you think it's Yeah, not? it definitely will be, yep. I mm, think it, it looks like Fitbit it has been on the decline for the last couple of years, a bit struggling. So I think this one is the one that's really going to make a difference. Yeah. And I guess I think it's Apple Watches these days are about the same price as that. And this is good for me because not, not Apple hating, but I have an Android phone, so there's no, no point in me buying an Apple Watch. And the Apple Watch, you have to charge nearly daily. You might get two days out of it. This one, you get about four to five days before you have to charge it, so it's a bit better for me as well. That's pretty good. That's Rumor pretty good. has it that um, Google is actually getting out of the, the watch business with their announcement last week. Um, they never said anything about the watch, watch stuff, and if you go on their website, all the watches have been removed. Um, and I was talking to Leo about it because it kind of got announced while I was over there. And, yeah, he, he's of the opinion that they're, they're stopping with the whole Android wear altogether and they're just you know, giving up and letting Apple win the kind of the watch So it's going to be Apple versus Fitbit then, isn't it? Yeah. Sounds like it, yeah. yeah. Oh, and um, the Samsung Gear. Yeah. What happened? But what happened to the Microsoft band? <laughs> <laughs> What happened to the Zoom? What happened to the kid? What's going that, to happen to the surface? Is that another one that's died a, a, an un, untimely death? I think it's going to be going, yeah. It's not that popular. No. A lot of people get like a Garmin one if they want a cheaper one or maybe one of the Chinese knockoffs that are pretty cheap and do a lot of the stuff. Mm, one mm. of my friends has just got 
uh, it's it's a Chinese one. He must have got it from eBay or something for like fifty bucks, and it has a lot of the options that the Apple one does, and it's even got the similar icons and layout and the scroll touch screen and things like that. So there's there's a lot of stuff but yeah i don't i think a lot of people uh moving on to other devices which is part of like my next story um like the pixel buds have you seen those i think there was something that um shane was mentioning that google made an announcement recently okay you know, they're, they're earbuds that can translate languages in oh, your ear yes yes i think yeah, i had heard about those so when, when yeah. what are they up to are they coming soon. Well, the new Pixel Buds are the first headphones that Google has made and they distinguish themselves with deep integration to Google Assistant. Tap and hold the right earbud to launch the Assistant. Google's talking that up particularly for its voice translation capabilities. You can ask the Buds to help you speak Japanese for example and any words you speak while you're wearing the earbuds will pre- be projected from your smartphone speaker in the translated language of your choice. Mm. Available in just black. That's the, the colour name is just black, right. clearly white, and kind of blue. <laughs> Is that the name <laughs> of the colours? Yeah, that's the name of the colours for the new Pixel 2 smartphones as well. Right. So just black, clearly, clearly white, and kind of blue. Pixel Buds will set you back $249 in Australia, about the going price for any true wireless earbuds, to be fair. At the moment, the Pixel Buds are only available to those that join a wait list on Google's device store website. The sales expected to start in November. Mm. I think uh, looking at these these earbuds, like they would be probably nice to have, wouldn't they? I think that's like, where everything's going now. Apple's got their earbuds that stick out of your ears and droop down, and Plantronics is going crazy, and a lot of the other companies, and now Google's going into this. I think maybe a lot of them have given up on the phone, particularly for voice assistant stuff, and now going for earbuds. So yeah. I don't. I think I might not mind one of the ones that have a strap that go around the back of your neck and into your ears, but the drop-down single ones seem to be a bit strange and easy to lose. Don't they? Uh, like if they fall out, doesn't the other, doesn't it sound an alarm in the other one? Is that what they do? Could do, but I was I was watching one of Leo's podcasts a few weeks ago, and there was uh, I think it was Renee went for a jog in the snow in Canada and one of them fell out oh. and it's a white earbud, <laughs> a white earbud in the white snow. And he said, I just had no hope of finding No it. way. Needle haystack forever. job, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. No now what? Just, went, yeah, so I go. And they also had um, the Google Home Mini was announced. Yes. Um, just like the name appear, uh, implies, it's a smaller version of the Google Home smart speaker. Instead of vaguely cylindrical candle shape, it's a flatter hockey puck. In all honesty, it isn't the sound quality of the Google Home that attracts, but it's smart. Having the smart voice recognition in a smaller, cheaper speaker is a good thing because you can put them in more rooms of the house. New Home Mini speaker will be available in all three chalk, charcoal, and coral colorways. The case is non-removable for $79 each in Australia with shipping starting in two to three weeks. The late October date is not far off Google's own suggestion of October 19 on sale in the US. Hmm. It's a competitor for the uh, Amazon Echo, of course. Yes. But so, uh, you can't get the Amazon dot. Echo here. Maybe, yeah, Dot. So maybe next year when Amazon opens up, we'll be able to get the Dot and the Show and all of those things. But um, in the meantime, maybe Google's going to be able to get their foot in the door just long enough before Amazon does to maybe do some good here. Because as we mentioned before, also ran just like Microsoft had been. Amazon brought out their 
Amazon Echo, and for years nobody had done anything. Now Apple and Google are jumping yeah. on that bandwagon with their own smart speakers. But I was watching a review today, and this guy had asked um, his dot to play a song, <laughs> and then he asked the Google Home Mini to play the same song, and it sounded much better quality music coming out of the Google Home. But oh. to be fair, with the dot, it has an earphone port, so you can plug in you know, $1,000 speakers and get really good quality if you want to, but the one that comes with is a bit tinny. But you can say to the home or whatever, uh, play a song on, say, my amp or something like that, can't yeah. you? Yeah, so that will work. Yeah. I was just looking at the price of that, 70 not for the... Uh, well, I, sorry, they said only if you've got a Chromecast-enabled device plugged into it, so it'll cast to whatever. Right. But what about if it's like Bluetooth or... Because I know, because my, my amps say Wi-Fi... And I know I can say with Spotify it comes up and you just go, oh, I want to send it to the amp. And it just goes. So yeah, not not with the – what they were saying in the review I was reading that that could be one of the faults in the Google Home Mini is that you have to have a Chromecastable mm. device plugged into whatever you want it to control, whereas with the Amazon Echo it's much easier and they've got – Thousands and thousands of recipes with if this, then that, that work with the Echo that uh, Google Home just doesn't know anything about and isn't capable of doing. But all the other things, you know, what's this, What's my sporting team's current score today? What's the weather like in San Francisco? How long will it take me to run 20 miles or something like that? Both of them can do quite fine. Mm. And look, there's, before this um, Home has been released, it's, it's come into some problems already. Uh, not the ones that are apparently going to be released to the wild, but there's been 4,000 devices that have uh, been given out at Google events, and apparently the touch sensor is at fault. There's a touch sensor on the sensor on the top, and the, it was always recording and sending what you were well, it was recording back to Google. So obviously that's not good. So there's been a software issue uh, for it, uh, patch, and it's been patched up. So, uh, but that's I don't if it was any of the words that uh, Will was mentioning on last week's show. <laughs> So I don't think that uh, anyone will get one because it's one of those ones that you have to would have gone to an event. Now, just moving on to something a little bit completely different, I suppose. This this brought my, got my attention because this is um, crazy. It's a do it's lo- tech loosely re- related to tech. But it's about text messages, and a fifty five year old man who took his own life about a year ago um, sent was sending a text. He was sending he he'd written his will out on the phone. Uh, didn't push send. Must have thought he did. Didn't push send, and went and it went into drafts. Yeah, and went and whatever happened to him, he did whatever he had to do, and it went to court. And it was content that that will that someone they brought it up and said we well, can test this will because it was a you know it wasn't sent. It was just drafted onto a phone, and it was it was upheld. It was a will. So was this all this stuff that you hear on the radio? Come down now and pay us one hundred and twenty dollars, and we'll do a will for you and store it and raise mm. notoriety and stuff. And you just have, I give my stuff to Bob. Yeah, send. Well, okay, don't that's send your it. will. It's one hundred percent. You don't even have to send it. Yeah, that's, right. that's legal. And it's your actual will, and Look, you're like, well, what, what am I paying lawyers and solicitors and stuff for wills yeah. and all this sort of crap? If if I can just type it on my phone, there must be something. What 
as I was reading, I think there's more to it than what has been reported. The actual text message went something like, uh, you and such and such keep all that I have, house and superannuation, put my ashes in the back garden, uh, wife will take it. Uh, we'll take her stuff, only she's okay, gone back to her ex again, I'm beaten, a bit of cash behind TV and a bit in the bank, cash card pin, blah, blah. There's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end he goes, my will. So the message apparently went on, included detailed banking information and request to bury his ashes at a specific site. Uh, Hi, puppy. According to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, the Supreme Court in Brisbane has now declared that the text message should be a valid will. So the judge made the ruling after the dead man's wife applied to manage her late husband's estate, arguing that the text message was not valid. So, yeah, because um, he said he didn't like her, he didn't want her to have anything, and hmm. so she's kicking up a stink about it. So the Justice Susan Brown said the wording of the text message, which ended with the words "my will," showed the man showed that the man intended it to act as his will. So the reference to the house and the superannuation, blah blah blah. Uh, she said the informal nature of the message did not stop it representing the man's intentions, especially as it was created on or about the time that he was deceased. Uh, sorry, we created on or about the time that the deceased was contemplating death, such that he even indicated where he wanted his ashes to be placed. Now, in 2006, the law in Queensland was changed to allow less formal types of documents to be considered as a will. So and an, another unusual will accepted in, in Queensland includes a DVD marked with my will in 2013. So my... My comment and thoughts with this is I think this is crazy. That's why I think there has to be more to it. Because I know, uh, say, friends of the family just gone through something similar like this, had a big barney, you know, with the inher- the inheritance of the, the will. So they took it to all court. And the, and the judge pretty much just wrote his own. The judge said, all right, just yep. go do, 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 do. Stuff what the will actually said, you know, is yep. it, just do it this way. Uh, so, yeah, and that was a legal solicitized will. Now, but my thing was with this is, now, when you write a will, and for it to be accepted, like you have to be of sound mind. If you're if you're in the in the the process of committing suicide, you're not in a, any sort of sound mind, are you? You would think so, like, but apparently, yeah, yeah. They, they accepted it. Yeah, and I don't right. know why he, why he wants his ashes in the backyard because I was just reading an article that uh, the cool thing to do is to have them shot out into space on the spacecraft. Now it's a couple of grand. Oh, yeah? Apparently, about the price of a funeral plot anyway. So. Do you want to stay here or do you want to go boldly where no one's gone before? Mm. I'd, I'd have a look at that option. That'd be pretty good. Scotty did. They sent his, um, when he died, they right. sent his ash out into space on a rocket. Yeah, okay. What direction they fire him off? Just up. Up. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah. uh, down goes into the ground, you see. Oh, yes. It's like, it's like that joke, why do, why do scuba divers fall backwards out of a boat? Out of the boat. Because <laughs> if... If they fell forwards, they'd still be in the boat. Yeah. So, <laughs> I wasn't going to steal your punchline. Okay. I wouldn't be that mean. I think your puppy wants to go out there. Oh, no, she's all right. She's staring at the door. <laughs> she is looking up. She's staring at me. Yeah. Hello. Open it. Yeah, anyway. Um, hey, girl. Yeah, Shane, what, have you got anything else? And while you're doing that, I'll go, I will go and let her out. Yeah, I have. I will get a little bit political for my last story. Okay. <laughs> No, no, we had trouble with that. No, go, go. <laughs> go. All right, so no. <laughs> PayPal to fund the Yes campaign for marriage quality in Australia launches donation matching scheme. 
PayPal Australia's small and medium business director, Brian McDonald, said technology firms have the social responsibility to back the marriage equality movement in Australia. Mr. McDonald said PayPal would match any donation up to $250 made on the Equality Campaign website, uh, Australian free, uh, Australians for Equality, uh, nationbuilding.com, uh, match donate up to the total of $50,000. PayPal's pledge will follow follows a slew of supportive messages from big technology names, including Google, Uber, Twitter, HP, uh, and from Apple, which used a statement to support the changing Australian marriage laws of the day before its iPhone X launched last month. Hmm, interesting. Uh, yeah, there seems to be a lot of money floating around, doesn't there? So, look, if you haven't got your vote in, get your vote in. It looks like it's going to be a big turnout. So, yeah, good. Yeah, they said tons of people who didn't want to vote for any government stuff years ago have all signed on just to vote for this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so it's not it's not a vote. It's a survey and it's non-binding and stuff. But to be able to mm. get the form sent to you, you had to be on the electoral rolls, so they signed up. Yeah, that's right. They've, they've come out of the woodwork. Because I know people, when I say that, I don't mean that derogatory. I know people that uh, purposely uh, haven't gone signed up. Like people, you know, say my age and that, they've, they've, they've just never signed up for the for the electoral yeah. role because, yeah, they just don't want, I don't know, another, another part of the government knowing what they're doing. I don't know. Now, uh, who are you going to vote for? The lesser of two evils? Which one's the lesser? I don't know anymore. No, that's right. That's pretty crazy at this stage in the in the chapters of everything uh look i said i was talking to you just before the show about mbn they're going to start uh, charging for no fault found call outs now mbn co will begin charging retail service providers if it sends technicians out to investigate a potential network fault and no fault is found so Mm. so far they've waived these fees but not no longer not from uh the second quarter of 2018 so I don't know why it takes so long, but anyway. Uh, MBN Co. charges a labour rate for a minimum of two hours for work for work of any truck that comes along and there's no fault that's found. Now, the labour rate is $75 per hour or part thereof for non-satellite services and $98 per hour for satellite services. Now, my reaction to this, this uh, story here is that if they turn up, they're 20 minutes and they go, nothing wrong with this sunshine. And you got to pay for two hours. I'd be saying, "Hang on, sit down. Let's have a chat. <laughs> have a cup of tea. Have a yeah. Well, you, I'm paying you for two hours. You, you. I'm sure. What? I bet you that wouldn't be allowed. Train to, to the, get some handcuffs. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that would be fair, wouldn't it? Well, well the same thing happened when ADSL came out because um, we had a ADSL modem, and they said if we send a guy out and there's nothing wrong with it, we're going to charge you ninety bucks. But we actually had at one time. A Telstra technician come out to the house because the ADSL wasn't working and I was getting really frustrated. And I may have plugged the phone line into the wrong socket when I put it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Instead, instead of going into the line in, I went to the phone out, which it fits in both. And I didn't even check how stupid was that. <laughs> the guy turns up and he's like, click, click. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, how embarrassing. <laughs> well, yeah, these things happen. The, the the instructions should have been clearer, shouldn't they? They're probably yes. written in Chinese or something. I was just looking. <laughs> at, I did that picture I just had up of the the guys at the MBN truck. 
Did you notice yeah. there's got Australia's broadband network? Isn't it the National Broadband Network? What? It's the ABN. Yeah, I know. Which what? I always thought was a number that you had to have a business or something. That's so right. So I would have thought, <laughs> yeah, crazy. But anyway, I, I understand it. But, you know, just, just something that I saw. Uh, <laughs> now, let's uh, go through a couple more. Jace, what else have you got? Well, we, we've been talking several times over the last couple of months about your mate Kapersky. Oh, yeah. The Russian government Rusty. used popular antivirus software don't know which one, to secretly scan computers around the world for classified U.S. government documents and top-secret information, modifying the program to turn it into an espionage tool, according to current and former U.S. officials with knowledge of the matter. The software made by the Moscow-based company Kaspersky Lab routinely scans files and computers on which it is installed, looking for viruses and other malicious software. But in an adjustment to its normal operations that the officials say could only have been made with the company's knowledge, the program searched for terms as broad as top secret, which may be written on classified government documents as well as classified code names of US government programs, the people said. Wall Street Journal reported last week that the Russian hackers used Kapersky software in 2015 to target a contractor working for the NSA who had removed classified materials from his workplace and put them on his home computer. Okay, he's a bit dumb, Uh, which was running Kapersky's antivirus. The hackers stole highly highly classified information on how the NSA conducts espionage and protects against incursions by other countries, said people familiar with the matter. But the use of the Kapersky program to spy on the US is broader and more pervasive, and the operation against that one individual whose name hasn't been publicly released because he's probably wiped off the face of the earth now. <laughs> he's he suffered. From- he's in a little cell. It's about this big by this big, and he's got a ball that he can bounce across. He, he's got he's got plutonium poisoning. Yeah, <laughs> so- he accidentally slipped on some plutonium and it went into his mouth and he ate it. Yeah. Poor, poor bloke. Sorry, Miss Hoover. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Look, I guess this sort of stuff is bound to go on, isn't it? It's just that's just bound to like they reckon that's why like when we were doing the uh the the podcast the uh aussie tech security roger was saying like the only real the safe modem or router that you should be buying is something like cisco uh but then Mm. again you know it's probably got us spyware or something in it but i had the same problem with um i think it was tech disc for windows the windows version of it was written by a guy who was in israel and then the u.s government was had certain computers you couldn't have that application on because they were worried that it might try and steal government documents. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's hard to know. Like, what was the, what would the government do? Like, surely, surely they would. They just wouldn't have an off-the-shelf antivirus anyway, would they? They might. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Actually, no. I think it was um, the defragger, Windows defragger. Yeah, right. It was by an Israeli company. Now, Google acquires Apple. Apparently. What? Yes. <laughs> late. Oh, and I should have invested in them. Oh, no. Shares too late up. now, is it? Is no. it too late? Yes. <laughs> the, a bombshell appeared on the Dow Jones Financial Newswire uh, this week. Google to buy Apple for $9 billion. Only $9 billion. The story that the acquisition has been suggested in the will of Apple co-founder Steve Jobs was obviously bogus because Steve Jobs hated Google. It was removed after two minutes. I, I'd like to know how and why it actually got to the stage where it Somebody's was... Somebody's written an April Fool's 
yeah article that was left on the system and somebody accidentally clicked publish on it i reckon because <laughs> that's look that, that this was one of the stories this week where i thought really is this an april fools i'm thinking no it's not april so that's what i thought i thought pretty much along those similar lines yeah. it'd have to be i mean there, there are things like you know people uh, all the uh, news companies have got obituaries written for everybody who's a celebrity and they keep updating mm. them so that when they hear Tom Petty dies, they go, publish. We were the first ones to have a whole obituary written and yeah. his history and tributes and stuff. It's a bit sad, they, isn't they, it? They constantly got those on their system. So it could be that somebody had written this, maybe thinking one day Google might buy Apple and then we can go <laughs> publish. And we're the first ones. But it sounds more like, from the look of it, an April Fool's joke that accidentally got published the wrong time of year. It was put down as a technical error. Should be ignored, was the advice. Now, the unintentional... Google's and Apple stocks plummeted shortly <laughs> after the truth came out. Now they're hardly worth anything. So get in there and buy your Apple and Google shares right now. Five cents each. Invest bargain. in Bitcoin. Now, the unintentionally... Do not pub- take um, financial advice from Aussie tech heads. That's like right. That. Ever. Now, the unintentionally published fake news described the acquisition as a surprise move to everyone who was alive and quoted Google employees as saying, yay. Now, <laughs> it's it all- great enthusiasm, Glenn. <laughs> It also stated that Google would move into Apple's fancy new headquarters. A statement from the firm, which is owned by News Corp, said the headlines were published between 9.34 and 9.36 a.m. New York time following a technical error. All of the headlines are being removed from the newswires. Oh, really? Uh, We apologise for the error. The incident occurred during a technology test, according to the Dow Jones statement. Yeah, good story. Good story. Morning, glory. There's somebody else who's lost his job, isn't there? That's very sad. Yeah, you'd have to think that's what happened. Uh, Shane, you got any more things to talk about? Um, no more stories. I mean, if that last thing was true, it'd be the other way around because I think Apple's got oh. more money than Google. Yeah, well, what Apple's got about $110 billion in the bank, haven't they, in cash? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Crazy stuff. Uh, now, I think everyone's just about out of stories, thankfully, but I, I, do I have another one? i just got one more that uh, we'll do, oh, yeah, quickly before we uh, head off this week. And it is all about how, and this is another one I don't understand. I thought this might have been another April Fool's, but it's not. Uh, one sec. Apple has $256.8 billion in cash. Google has $86.3 billion. Oh, Wow. So much. 256 versus 86. That would so two hundred eighty six uh, billion. That's like uh, uh, that'd pay our national debt off about seven times, or yep. yearly, yearly. Uh, but if it's two hundred billion, no, our but our I national which country it's in. Yeah, our, yeah, that's right. But Ireland. Trump will get it back. He's trying to get it back for him. <laughs> He's a good guy. Now Australia Post creates Shipster service for online orders. So first of all, I thought Shipster. Yeah, I think they got the P and the T. Oh, right. 
So I think you're the shit stirrer here, Glenn. <laughs> Australia Post is trialling a subscription-based delivery service for online purchases with around 40 local retailers, including Maya Target, Harvey Norman, Toys R Us, Kogan and Booktopia. Now, the service is called Shipster. It requires you to uh, cough up nine ninety five initially, then six ninety five a month for the next year to qualify for free shipping on orders lodged with the retailers. I just said. Now you can sign up for now until January first. Now purchases must be over twenty five dollars. The postage fees being waived and capped at twenty. So you can't just start, you know, ordering fridges. Uh, Australia Post is currently limiting Shipster sign ups to residents of Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane. There's also an overall limit of, you know, so it goes on. There's a few uh, constrictions and all this sort of stuff. But but in any case, uh, here's the fair use, fair use policy here. Australia Post warns further that it will generally consider more than 160 individual transactions in a 12-month period would constitute excessive use. How are they making money out of that? So, say, yeah. 160 items posted and it's going to cost you, say, $120 a year. I don't see how this is going to work, but um, yeah. unless it's subsidised by the retailers. But then again, you look at what Amazon Prime, you can pay, the, well, at the moment over in the US, you pay $100 a year and you get free shipping. So, yeah. I don't know. Is that, does it work in America like economies of scale? And over, is it going to work over here? I don't know. I but guess anyway. it must be something in it if they're going to try it. Well, that's what will right. probably happen is they'll have X amount of people sign up at whatever it was, six bucks a month. Not everybody will have, um, will well, make the most of it. So those people right. that aren't actually getting stuff delivered, they're basically subsidising those people that are getting a truckload of stuff mm. delivered. Pardon, pardon. Yeah, well, that's 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 what I would think. But I, I just think it's why can't they just, you know, just match a courier or something like you got to get they're a delivery uh, service. Like, you can't get, you know, you need them, or, you know, them, Fast Track or whatever they are, Fast Away or Couriers Please, like, match them. But six ninety five a month for, for... I wonder how those couriers are going to go when um, Amazon comes to Australia because uh, they've taken over most of the courier stuff in the US. Who Amazon has? Hmm. What, have they got their got own? Shipping, they got shipping centres all over America, they have trucks going out all over the place all day, so a lot of companies just contract them to do the shipping mm. for other stuff as well. Yeah, right. I know. I know. When I was over there, I was driving, uh, you know, up through Florida and up to uh, Memphis, the destination. I just couldn't get over how many trucks are on the road. Like there yeah. are just plenty of trucks on the U.S. roads. Eh? Like, no wonder they would make them all autonomous, right? Oh. Yeah, they're, they're scary too, eh? <laughs> they drive fast over there. And, um, yeah, there doesn't seem to be any rules. But anyway, uh, that's all good. That's good. So uh, I think that's about we've, we've got through everything. And it went a little yeah. bit over time, but that's good. Uh, Shane, anything else you want to add before we go? Uh, no, nothing story-wise. Um, the only other thing that I didn't get to kind of touch on when I was about the trip, as I went to the Googleplex as well, I was over there, um, and you had a walk around that. That's basically like a big uni, but everyone's kind of there for the for the same subjects kind of thing. Can you get in? And can you get into it? It's not like Apple where you can't get in. No, well, I mean you can't get everywhere. Um, when I was leading up to it, they it, it looked a bit 
iffy is if I was going to get into the visitor centre because they yeah, wasn't wheelchair-friendly and all that kind of stuff. And as it turns out, I didn't use a wheelchair to get there anyway because I was going to the NFL game that night. And, um, no, it wasn't wheelchair-friendly, but, I mean, I still got in there and bought shirts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. Where's the Google... Where's this at? Googleplex is in... Um, Oh, uh, was it Mountain View? Oh, Mountain View. Yeah, okay. Mountain View. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. How much a ticket to the NFL? Can you remember? Oh, truckload. Um, yeah, I heard it was expensive. I when I was buying the tickets, the game appeared to be sold out, so I had to then go to the Ticketmaster kind of secondhand kind of ticket thing, and I still ended up paying about two hundred and thirty dollars Australian. Wow. But when I got there, um. Yeah, the the stadium's only got a half sold. Yeah, right. Wow. That's Ripped that's off. expensive, isn't it? Two hundred bucks. Ooh. I know it was did, worth did you it. see the Herba Buena Center? Sorry? Did you see the Herba Buena Center in San Francisco? No, 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 no. This was the Levi Stadium. But no, it was worth it. Did you see the picture of the girls that I was with? Yeah. No. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see that one. Is it is it worth yeah. going back to have a look, is it? That, that's worth the 230 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> nice no, I mean, work, um, nice aside from that, when you're in San Francisco, they've got the Herba Buena Center, and I'd heard Leo talk about it a lot where Apple and Google and them avoid, and Facebook hold their big um, launches and stuff, used to be there a lot. Mm. No, I don't know. I think there was just something in, the, in San Fran itself. Yeah. Um, I can't think of the name of it, but it's, not, no, it's a different name to what you were saying, as far as I can tell. But um, I I went past Facebook um, and took a picture of the little thumbs up sign. Oh, I was yeah. going to go to Apple, um, but there was a, I was with the Uber driver. It took us a while to work out how to get to Facebook and where the freaking thumb sign was and all that kind of stuff. So I ran out of time mm. to actually stop at Apple. But I think I went past there coincidentally on the way to the to the NFL. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Cool. Next time, Shane. Next year. Go yeah, and, go and yeah see, when I get back. Go and see Timmy next year. Where's uh, th- Does anyone know like where Steve Jobs is laid to rest, or can you go and see his grave? Or memorial or anything? Probably be a secret or something, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, no, just a thought in passing. I wonder if he SMSed his will. Hmm, interesting. Now, okay, that's it. I know you didn't want it to, but it has. we've come to the end. So, unfortunately, it is uh, time to time to leave you. So, thanks for joining us. Thanks for downloading or streaming, listening, wherever it may be, YouTube, iTunes, whatever. Uh, don't forget the AussieTechRadio.com. Just go there. You can find out how to listen to it. You can follow us at uh, Aussie Tech News on the Twitter, Aussie Tech Heads, or at Glenn Goodman, or at Warlock, W-A-U-L-O-K, or at whatever Shane is. What are you, Shane? Shane. Hey, I'm either at Shane1973 oh, or right. my main one that I use on Twitter is um, Prosumer IT. Right, good stuff. All right, thanks. Oh, yeah, I had a quick look, Glenn. Um, he's in Ulta Mesa Memorial Park, but it's an unmarked grave. Oh, right. Okay. Privacy. Hmm. Fair enough then. Uh, cool. All right. So thanks for coming in, Shane. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm not sure you'll be going back to work, so I don't know when we're going to see you again. Is this true? Yeah, probably. Um, if I get if I get to relocate to somewhere closer, I might be able to make more regular appearances hey. for the 
for the interim. This will probably be the last one for a while. Come to East Side, boy. Yeah. Come to East Side. Yeah. Thanks, Jace. Thanks for coming in. And uh, no worries. We'll see you next time. Thank you. We'll see you guys next time as well. So thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And bye for now. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye. See ya.